0: celebrity voice impersonation not an endorsement why go to a single furniture store when you can go to big sandy superstore shop and compare america's top five mattress brands plus nectar and purple and choose from over 22,000 in stock appliances from the top brands at the guaranteed lowest price. Or furnish the room of your dreams with a large selection of American built furniture. With financing plans for just about anyone, there's nowhere else quite like it. Big Sandy Superstore. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? <sighs> Ooh, a book club. <sighs> Computer solitaire, huh? <sighs> ah. Hello, good morning, angels, and welcome back to Morning Ray. I'm your host, Alana Lan, kind of over Lanny. Um, (laughs) It's the end of an era, it's Lan now. Um, But welcome back to Morning Ray. Today's episode is going to be an episode that I think will be really helpful for a lot of you. I know this is something I was not taught in school. I kind of learned it as I went, and I had to ask a lot of different people, people who are my age, people who were older than me, and people who are in my industry, people who aren't, um, a whole bunch of different people did a lot of sample gathering of sorts for this information, and I'm going to be discussing how to negotiate When it comes to pay, in whether it be for a salary in a typical standard job or whether it be for your rates as an influencer, in getting paid for sponsorships, brand deals, getting payment for brand deals instead of gifting, all that sort of thing. And most importantly, how to negotiate as a woman. I feel like as a woman, as a female, um, however you choose to identify. But within those terms, I know I'm a woman and I identify as female and a woman. Um, It can be really daunting to negotiate for yourself when it comes to money. I feel like men, obviously, these are like broad generalizations and like a lot of stereotypes. But I feel like as a whole, men have the balls to just straight up ask for that increase or ask for that greater salary or ask for the payment that they think they deserve. Whereas women, like we feel like it comes across as being bitchy or greedy, or we don't feel as though we deserve it. We try to downplay what we are worth and what our value is. And I'm here to tell you today that you can ask for as much money as you think you deserve. And I'm telling you that you probably deserve at least three times what you think you deserve. Um, So this episode is going to help you get that coin and be confident in doing so whether you are working a normal 9 to 5 job or a standard job where you have a boss or whether you are negotiating your rate as an influencer, a freelancer, a content creator, um, something in the gig career space, gig career, gig industry, sorry, gig industry space, like contract work sort of thing. But before we get into how to negotiate and specifically negotiation as a woman, as a female, let's talk about our weekly intention. So my weekly intention is to get into a workout routine and to lean into booking classes. I can't remember if I set this as my weekly intention last week. I think it was more so just to get into a routine overall, but I want to get into a routine with my workouts and really figure out what works best for me. I know right now I really need to lean into these class workouts like booking workouts at Sweat and Tonic and Jaybird and other ship. So leaning into that and figuring out what the right mix of things is for me so that I'm not burning myself out. I think it's going to be two hit classes a week, two Pilates classes, hot Pilates at Jaybird, and then maybe like running or something, or like some miscellaneous class in between. Um, right now, so yesterday I'm recording this on a Wednesday. On Monday I did a hit class at Sweat and Tonic, and then last night I did a hot Pilates class at Jaybird. Today I'm taking a rest day. Tomorrow I'm doing core hit at Sweat and Tonic. Friday I'm not sure what I'm gonna do. Saturday, I have a Rock the Bells class, which is the same one I did on Saturday last week. Um, so I do I'm doing that on Saturday, and then I think on Sunday I'll probably do Jaybird again. Um, I'll see what I do on Friday. Maybe if the weather's nice, I'll go for a run, or I'll run on the treadmill or something. Um, I love all these workouts. The only thing is, is my hair gets so sweaty. So I'm not really sure, like, it's ruining my hair washing schedule of really, like, prolonging my hair washing, like, of only washing it one to two times a week. So I need to figure that out. But really, weekly intention is to lean into those workout classes, and that leads me into the tip of the week. If you're feeling, like, a lack of motivation, it's really, especially in the winter, or, like, if you're working, like, a 9 to 5, it can really, like, tear down your motivation um, around, like, workouts. So lean into scheduling group fitness, things that you, like, would literally get charged if you cancel um, that it's set, that it's a group environment where it has an instructor that motivates you because that's going to hold you accountable, and also like you don't want to lose money for a class, you don't want to be charged money on top of it for losing the class or canceling late. So lean into that if you are feeling a lack of motivation, and it's also going to inspire you. It's going to show you new moves, um, new different types of workouts that you might enjoy more. So definitely lean into that group fitness acts aspect. Okay, current faves. I'm on a smoothie and smoothie bowl kick. I've been loving nut bars smoothie. I love the ultimate recovery. I've also been loving the restore smoothie from impact kitchen. And I was craving dice for so long, which is like this fruit bar cafe thing in Yorkville. And I got the LSD bowl with vegan protein yesterday and it was so good i forgot how good it was. Today i got the blueberry crumble from greenhouse kit greenhouse co kitchen greenhouse co. i think it's co. Greenhouse in Toronto. Um so good, definitely on a smoothie bowl kick. i know it's winter but like i'm just like on this kick of smoothies and smoothie bowls. Also, currently obsessed with the Impact Kitchen chocolate sea salt cookie. It is so good. It is heavenly. It is to die for. And another current fave, this is not like a typical current fave, but romanticizing Toronto, like romanticizing your city, like learning how to love your city again It's something I've really been focusing on since coming back from New York so that I don't start to hate Toronto. I really want to love Toronto, so I've been really focusing on, like, romanticizing Toronto and learning how to love it again because I do love it, and I feel like I've just kind of forgotten this because I was just in the highs of New York City, so coming back to Toronto is definitely a different feeling, Um, and Traveling. I booked another trip. I'm officially going to Scottsdale, Arizona with Caitlin, Kaylee, and Trin in April. And then we're going to California. I think we plan on going to LA and Laguna. So, I'm really excited for that. I haven't been to the West Coast in a really long time. The last time I was in California was in grade nine, and the last time I was in Arizona was in grade 10. So, I'm really excited to go back as a young adult and with friends and get to explore and see it all over again. Um, And also, when I was in Arizona, I was in Sedona, so it was a little different to Scottsdale. So, I'm really excited. And it feels really good to be traveling and adulting. And I had this realization, slash, my friend Shayna made me realize this. But I'm an adult, I'm financially independent, and I can choose how I want to spend my money. Obviously, I'm gonna be financially smart with my money. But if I wanna spend money on plane tickets and traveling instead of clothes, maybe one month, then I'm going to do that and I can do that and I can also pick up and move and live somewhere else if I want to. I don't have to ask my parents for permission. It's not their money. It's my money and as long as I'm being smart and financially savvy and responsible with my money, then that's all that matters. So, I don't know. I'm just empowered and I like to think of – Money in abundance. I like to think that the money that I spend comes back to me. Obviously, again, do not take any of my financial advice. This is not financial advice. I'm not a financial professional. But, and obviously, keep in mind, I'm still very aware of how much I'm spending and budgets and everything, and being aware of my income versus what I'm spending. Like, income my assets versus my liabilities, expenses, etc. But I really do like to think the money that I spend comes back to me and comes back to me in a larger quantity. That's the manifestation that I like to practice. So yeah, I've just been having a lot of fun with this newfound freedom and financial independence and stability and it feels really good because for, for so long I remember this time last year I was journaling every single day that I wanted to be financially independent and stable by September 2021 and I feel like I did achieve that even before then and it just feels really good to be in the thick of it and manifestations really do work um but let's get into the bulk of the episode because I think This episode is going to have so many tangible takeaways and we're ready like at 11 minutes. So let's get into it because this is what you clicked on the episode for and I get asked questions like this from my friends and all my friends are saying like I should do this episode. So here I am and I realized I probably should because I'm always the one giving advice now that I have all this knowledge and this experience negotiating my salary and my rates as an influencer, content creator, et cetera. So what is a negotiation is what we're going to start at. I'd like to take a moment to thank today's sponsor, Ritual. Gaps in the diet shouldn't be ignored. Over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet and 95% are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women's aged 18 plus. It is formulated with nutrients to help support brain, bone, and blood health and provide antioxidant support. But Ritual didn't stop there, They invested in a gold-standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. The results? Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in 12 weeks. The clinical study was published in leading scientific journal, Frontiers in Nutrition, a published clinical study is a big deal and serious commitments to a first of its kind standard in the industry. Ritual is committed to third-party testing from USP and non-GMO project, traceable and vegan-friendly ingredients, and always clear communication aka no shady stuff. I absolutely love Ritual. I've heard about it for ages, and I'm so happy I started taking it. Ritual multivitamins have been a game changer for me. They're so aesthetic and cute on my counter, and I love the minty fresh aftertaste. There's no nausea, so I can take it on an empty stomach in my morning routine, which we love. Right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off their first three months. Visit ritual.com slash Alana, A-L-L-A-N-A, and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash Alana. Thank you, Ritual, for sponsoring today's episode. I'm actually going to search up. I probably should have done this before, but um, we're going to search up what a negotiation is. I said I wasn't taught this in school. I did learn a little bit about negotiating in school, like how you should set your monetary values, but I was never really like put in the scenario to like play it, like do a scenario role play situation. And obviously, I didn't learn in school how to negotiate as a content creator what my rates should be. So a negotiation is a discussion aimed at reaching an agreement. Um, it's the action of or process of transferring ownership of a document. I don't think that's right, but um, a negotiation is a strategic discussion that resolves an issue in a way that both parties find acceptable. By negotiating, all parties involved try to avoid arguing, but agree to reach some sort of form of compromise. Negotiations involve some give and take, which means one party will always come out on top of the negotiation. An example of a negotiation would be you asking your boss for a raise, you asking your potential new employer for a higher salary than what they're proposing. Um, A negotiation could be the deliverables in a campaign. It could be the payment. It could be both. Um, You get the gist. So now I want to discuss before we move on why you should negotiate. I think a lot of the times um, people can take the easy card out and just take what's given to them or handed at them because either they don't know better or they don't think they're worth more than what's being offered to them um, or they're kind of scared of the confrontation or what the potential answers could be if they try to go back on what was presented to them. But I think negotiation, negotiating is really important. It's a really important skill for everyone to have, no matter what career path or industry you're in or what stage of life you're in. Negotiating is really important. And it doesn't always have to involve money. You can negotiate in relationships as to what you both feel is agreeable or you're comfortable with. Or you can even negotiate like plans, like figuring out what you want to do with your friends. Maybe one friend wants to go spend the night at a really luxurious restaurant and then go to a bar after or maybe you just want to have a really early night in and like have a chill girls night and then you negotiate to find something that you both like so it doesn't always have to deal with money but I think negotiating is really important obviously you don't always have to do it but it can help you be more assertive in the workplace in a really good way um And it can also help you get the salary or the payment or the deliverables or agree on something that you think best serves you. So why should you negotiate as a woman? A lot of women don't. Um, I'm actually going to pull up some stats. Let's see if we can find any stats. Okay, so I pulled up an article by Forbes and I think it's really interesting So we all know that the gender pay gap exists. It's still alive. It's very much alive and well. And even though it's getting smaller, one of the largest contributors is negotiation outcomes. So in order to level out this negotiation playing field, women have been encouraged to lean in and become more assertive and ask for what they want. Because before it was mostly only men that did this. And women kind of just like sat back and took Whatever was given to them because they didn't think they deserved better or didn't think that they would be able to get what they felt they deserved. Okay, so the author of this article, Kim, says that two different explanations have been proposed as to why women lag behind their male counterparts when it comes to negotiations. The tameness narrative suggests that women's negotiations suffer because women are insufficiently ambitious or assertive and may be less likely to ask for things in the first place. Another explanation is, suggests that when women do engage in assertive negotiation, they face backlash because people may not think it's appropriate for a woman to behave aggressively, hence why women are scared because they think they're going to come across as a bitch or people think they are a bitch for standing up for themselves and what they feel that they deserve. Um, She also goes on to mention that new research published by the Journal of Applied Psychology suggests that backlash against women who behave assertively assertively may be the bigger issue. Researchers examined over 1,200 negotiation exercises and found that gender differences in outcomes only emerged in one situation when the female negotiator had a strong alternative. The researchers suggest a strong alternative leads negotiators to feel more empowered. Possessing a strong alternative might give women a justification for setting more ambitious targets, behaving more, behaving more assertively, and claiming more value than they otherwise would. Since this was the only situation where women underperformed men, they concluded that backlash for adopting an aggressive stance was for the cause of disparity in negotiation outcomes. So, she goes on to say, how do we address the backlash issue? The prescription for the tameness account is much more straightforward. Train women to negotiate more. Train women to ask for more. But when it comes to mitigating the backlash, she says there are a lot more things that need to be evaluated before we can determine the best solution. Clearly, it's late and I can't read. In general, she says, it comes down to creating a more hospital environment for women by hiring the right people, providing effective diversity training, and instilling appropriate values. So it's not just me here saying that a lot of people, a lot of women... Feel fearful of negotiating. I even see this in my friends, and I really try to empower them, and train them myself, and provide them with the input and the moral support in order to go and negotiate on their behalfs. Um, for them to like go and negotiate. I'm not out here negotiating for them. Um, but I think it's really important that as a woman, that we should be negotiating our salaries the same way that men would be, and that because we're females, that shouldn't stop us or prohibit us in any sort of way. So let's discuss how to negotiate in a standard job in the typical nine-to-five or a typical job where you are working for a boss. It's a part-time or full-time role. You're working there constantly. You are assigned an employment contract and all that. So there's two different avenues. We have negotiating our salary when signing in on the job and negotiating your salary when you are asking for a raise while you're already on the job. So say you are in the interview process or the hiring process and there's either two ways that this could go about. Either the potential employer could ask you, what salary do you envision having for this job or what salary are you looking for? Or they may say, the salary we are looking to provide for this role is X. Or they may say, the salary range is between X to Y. So, Whenever you go into an interview or hiring process, I think it's really important to have an idea of what you want your salary to be. It's important that as the party who is being paid to go in higher and it's important that if you are the party that is paying to go in lower because what's going to happen is you're going to meet in the middle somewhere. So you always want to go a bit higher than what you actually want so that you settle down closer to what you actually wanted. And then if you go in lower as the payer, then you go up to where you actually feel comfortable paying. Sometimes you could get really lucky and you could land closer to that higher number you propose, or sometimes you may not get super lucky and it may teeter closer towards the payer, if that makes sense. So, kind of picture um, a scale that has three points, and at the top is your number, at the bottom is their number, and then somewhere in between is where you land. So, when you go in and they ask you what salary you think you are looking for, it's important to say not just a number. So, say you think you deserve. I'm just going to say $75,000. You can't just say, I think I would want a salary of $75,000. I mean, you could, but I think it's really important to back up your point. I always like to provide a point of I looked at competitive salaries for other positions, for positions of this title or skill set or similar responsibilities in this industry, and they average around. This salary range. I think I'm deserving of this salary range for X, Y, Z, um, something like that. They may come back and say, yes, we agree. We will pay that salary. Sometimes it's a little bit of a back and forth, but I think it's really important to know your why always. Always know your why. Have your facts. Be confident in what you are saying Don't get all, like, hush-hush around it. Just be confident. It is just a number at the end of the day. So just be confident in that. I like to lead with, like, I did research on what the average salary is for a role of this sort. It is this. And I would like this salary. And that's essentially how you would do it when you're hiring on. It's a little bit more simple because you're signing on to the role. You can even say you are interviewing for multiple jobs and say, or even say at your current job, you are currently offered another, like an increase in pay. You can say my current boss is offering me X amount of money for my salary. Let's say they were offering you $70,000, but you kind of want more than that. So you could like then use that to leverage your potential new employer saying my current boss is offering me a raise of to 70,000 annually the only way that would give me leverage to want to leave that current role is if you're able to offer me something better so that could either be 70,000 plus You don't have to necessarily say this, but for example, it could be 70,000 plus a greater bonus, or it could be a higher salary, say 75,000, or maybe a sign on bonus. A lot of companies are doing sign on bonuses. Just really be confident and figure out what your leverage is, whether it is using industry standards or other roles of salaries that they're offering you. Say, like, you have like three roles you're interviewing for, and the one you want like the actual job and everything you like more, but maybe they're offering a lower salary than the other jobs you've been offered. You can say, oh, well, I've gotten an offer from this job and they're offering me this amount. The only way that I'm like open to like signing is if you're able to match that. And a lot of the times companies will make it happen if they really want you. So now let's go on to how to ask your boss for a raise. I had to do this this year, this past year, and it is really scary. I didn't want to seem greedy. I didn't want to seem like a bitch. I didn't want to seem titled, especially because I am very aware that I'm very young and new in my career. I hadn't even been working at the company for a year, but I felt like I was entitled for a raise based on how the scope of my work has changed. So this is how you go about asking your boss for a raise. This is how I did it. Obviously, everyone is open to their own methods, but this is how I did it and it worked. Um, And this was kind of how I was shared with on how to do this. So I think it's really important to be aware of the things that you've been doing really well in your job and maybe the areas that you need to work on. And it's also important to have been working there for at least a substantial amount of time. And that's going to be different for every single job. It may be six months for one job. It may be two years, three years, whatever it is. Um, Adequate time. I like if it's at three months, like Maybe a little too soon, in my opinion, but to each their own. Um, And you wanna have some like good grounds for reasons as to why you think you deserve a raise. You can't just ask for a raise out of no reason. You really have to have your why. Theme of this episode have your why and be confident. So, what you are going to do is you're going to ask your boss or your manager, whoever is in charge, um, for a meeting. And you can say you just want to discuss some things. You don't have to say I want to dis- – I wouldn't say to discuss a salary raise. Just say, like, you want to, like, discuss, like, your role in the company or, or something of sort. I can't remember exactly what I said, um, but I asked my boss to make a meeting just to discuss some things. Um, or you can even do it in, like, a performance evaluation, I think. Um, I'm not 100% sure of that one. Obviously, I'm still very fresh in my career. But I emailed my boss and asked um, if we could set up a meeting just to discuss some things. And you can either ask them in a current meeting and ask to set up another meeting or you can email them, whatever. But do it over email. Don't text them or message them on Slack or whatever messaging platform. Like, send them a proper email and then schedule that call. When you get into that call, um you may have other things to discuss. I like had other things to discuss, which made it really like easy because then like the conversation was kind of flowing. And then um, I can't exactly remember the play-by-play of how I did it, but essentially you want to discuss and mention the things that you have accomplished, the things that have now been added onto your role, and why you would like to discuss an opportunity about potentially emphasis on potentially increasing your salary or your rate or whatever it is because they need to take time to evaluate and to consider. Um, So just like discuss with them like why you think you're entitled to this. Um, What growth have you shown? What Um, success have you brought into the company maybe you've increased sales by x percentage maybe you've brought in new clients different things Um, and then also again like have an idea of like how what you want this new salary to be and why and you're not necessarily going going to say this like right away but just like have a general idea of like what you want that to be so that when they come back to you you know and it's not like they're asking you and you have no clue. You want to know exactly what you want because if you don't know, you're not going to know how to ask for it. But the biggest thing is like you need to prove as to why you earned this salary increase. It's the same way how like in school, if you want that A plus, like you have to prove it to your teacher. You have to prove it to your professor. If you're going in and asking for a regrade, you need to show them the evidence as to why you deserve that regrade why you think you deserve that higher mark. You really need to show your proof and your evidence, your reasoning, your why, your explanation, everything, and make sure to have like, especially like those numbers are so, so key. I'm sure they're aware of it, but by you being confident and showing that to them and presenting it to them, they're going to be more likely to trust you and value you as a person and want to give you that salary that salary raise. So again, we want to go in higher than what we actually want. So say we want 70000 maybe we're going to go in at 75000 or or 72, 72500 maybe 73000 whatever, so that then we fall down onto our settle point. I don't know if that's like the actual terminology of what the negotiating things are, but I'm just going to call it the settling point, the midpoint yeah, the midpoint, the settle point around there. But that's essentially how you would ask your boss for a raise. You're not asking for it directly in the first like message. You're doing it in a meeting in person or over Zoom or or Google Meets or Teams or whatever. And you need to point out why you think you deserve the raise, give the tangible points as to why you are deserving of this raise, and Also, kind of set a deadline as to when you want your boss to get back to you. I think it's really important. Otherwise, they can keep pushing it off. I've experienced that as well. They may keep pushing it off. So definitely like keep like a timeline um, that they should get back to you and set up another meeting to discuss that even further. And Always, 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 anytime you discuss things verbally, say you want a written agreement, then it's going to become legally binding. Always, always ask for it in writing because if it was just by your word, they can say that they didn't say that and there's no physical evidence of what was agreed upon. So always have a written agreement for anything that is being negotiated for any agreement um, any promises that are being made by either party super super important okay now we're going to go on to negotiate your rates as an influencer as a freelancer Um, this is a really good and important skill to have if you are working in the gig economy if you want to know how to determine your rates Let me know if that's something you want to hear. I can definitely make another episode, like a part two or whatever, of how to determine your rates, what I do to determine my rates as an influencer, as a content creator. Um, So I can definitely do that. But I'm not going to discuss that today. That's a whole other episode for itself. But how to negotiate your rates as an influencer. So say a brand comes to you. And sometimes brands will come to you and they'll have a rate in mind and they'll pitch it in the email. And let's say they want you to do some sort of deliverables and the rate they're pitching you is $1,000, but you think that's too low for um, your what deliverables they're asking and what you think you're valued at. How I would then respond in the email is, Hi, so-and-so. Thanks so much for reaching out and thinking of me for this opportunity. I'm really excited about working with this brand on this campaign. I would love to do these deliverables. However, my rates for the ask deliverables are as follows. And then I like to list out, say, like, one times Instagram story is X amount, Plus tax because I charge taxes. One times an IG reel is X amount plus taxes. And say they want like exclusivity, then like exclusive exclusivity is TBD. It's based on um, how long and what brands and like the scope of the exclusivity. Altogether, this is normally this percent this amount. So I just add them up as normal. But I'm happy to offer you a bundle deal of X amount. I normally discount it by like $200, depending, like $100 to $200. I'm happy to discount it at this rate. And then I always like to say, I'm happy to discuss further to find something that makes both of us happy. Looking forward to hearing from you. Talk soon, Alana. So I think it's really important to lay out what you're prices are for everything individually, what they would all normally cost together, and then offering them a bundle price so that it feels like they're getting a bargain and being like really stern with um, what you are valued at. So that's like how I pitch my rates. And then say they come back to you and they're like, we can only do... The $1,000 that was offered, like, say that was like whatever it was, and that's significantly lower than what you pitched. I would then give them options. I would say, well, for $1,000, I can provide you these deliverables, whatever you feel you're comfortable with doing, and like whatever is like close to like the rates that you would normally charge. Or I can offer you this for a little bit more. So maybe like you do a discounted like rate for uh, slightly more deliverables, but not all the deliverables they asked for. I think options are really, really important and always stating that you are happy to discuss further and to find something that works best for both of you really, really works. And I think really standing your ground in what your rates are is super, super important. And that is how brands are going to know that they can't just walk over all over you, that they can't just gift you product and expect you to do things that are worth thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars. Um, I think that's really important. If a brand is being really hard or you want to provide more of an explanation, again, give them your why. Why do you think you are worth X amount of money? Say you think, I'm just throwing random numbers. Say you think a reel on your Instagram page is worth $5,000. Well, why is it worth $5,000? while you put in the time and the effort to put it in. You really like to curate the brand image and make sure it fits and flows into your brand image so that it comes across as organic and authentic to your audience, and it translates super well. You love to ensure that the brand story is visible in the content, and you always make sure that the content is the highest quality in terms of lighting, editing, footage, all of that stuff. But I think it's really important to always be very communicative and professional in your emails. Even offering to set up a call to discuss the deliverables more is super important. I think that's how you build a really good brand relationship with the brand rep. And just be really confident and know your value, know your worth, and stand behind it and Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You are worth whatever you think you are worth. Um, But always be confident, polite, and professional. Um, We aren't rude. We aren't immature. We aren't petty. And if they choose to not use your rates and you choose not to accept whatever rate they're offering, always, always say thank you for reaching out. I hope that one day in the future, we are able to work together again as I really love your brand and I'd like to work with you. Obviously, you don't have to say you love their brand if you don't, but um, you can even say I'd love to stay in contact for future opportunities if if we see alignment or something like that. But I hope this was all clear to you. Key takeaways is be confident, know your worth. Have your why, be clear in your communication, and always have a written agreement, whether it be for your salary at your 9 to 5 or in your influencer agreement. Um, for working on brand deals. Let me know if you want an episode on determining your rates as an influencer, as a content creator. That's definitely something that I can work on, but I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope it was super helpful. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a rating and review. You can leave a rating on Spotify podcast now, so please do that. It would really help support the pod. Leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, as that's how we stay in the charts and that's how you can help support the pod. And make sure to subscribe if you aren't already. I love you guys so much and we'll chat soon. Bye guys.